It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be really great. I do want to take a minute or two to share a few things that I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I generally do this every single week. Oftentimes, if we have committed to the road of success, there will be times where we feel unworthy, or perhaps we may have what is called imposter syndrome. This usually happens when we feel not worthy of our goals or not good enough to be associating with the people we want to build partnerships with. I can tell you that most people feel this way at some point or another, and it's just a sign that you're actually onto something really good. Frequently, the greatest obstacle happens right before our big breakthrough. So remember how gifted and talented you are, and always be aware of the great gifts you have to share with the world. When you focus on that, things will be so much better for you. And uh, with all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. And, and before I forget, let me tell you that you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free anytime. Just search Success Profiles Radio, download, subscribe, write a review. That would be very meaningful. My guest this week is Greg Walker. Let me tell you about him. Greg Walker was born and raised on the south side of Columbus, Ohio. He is the only one of 15 children to ever graduate school, high school. Greg was lifting, living in a drug-infested, alcoholic, and domestic violent environment. Greg has overcome many obstacles and yet accomplished so much more. Coming from a family of failures, Greg was always teased and labeled as a slow learner. He was asked to drop out of high school on the very first day just because his 12 siblings dropped out before him. He refused to drop out and graduated high school because of a loving teacher. He then attended the University of Florida, and then he pursued his dreams. Greg became a millionaire at a young age. He accomplished this through changing his mindset and becoming a successful entrepreneur by owning three national franchises and a master developer of one of them. Greg was voted Business Person of the Year. He became an award-winning national motivational speaker at the age of 48. He's also a success coach and author of the book Dream to Grow rich and he's known for his high energy and willingness to let his life be an open book greg is known as the big dreamer and he believes in changing minds changing lives by changing minds greg so happy to have you here how are you today i'm alive i'm phenomenal better and good how are you i'm doing fantastic thank you so much so what i usually do at the very beginning is to ask people to tell us a little bit about their backgrounds i i read your bio and there's a lot of it there but i'd love to have you elaborate on some of this where did you really kind of get your start and, and what kinds of things did you overcome well you know i'm 13 and 15 kids with uh born alcoholic and drug addicted parents with uh most of my brothers in and out of prison sisters on the street at a bit uh, my baby sister had a her first child at 11 years old i've raised her she's now 16 her sister who's 14 their daddy's in prison no one and my father had 18 kids. I don't even know how many kids he had. We just know 18. My mother had about 15. I got 14. I became the first and only one ever to go past ninth grade, let alone go to through high school, graduate, and go to college. Um, the house I lived in, my father was a monster. I didn't speak till I was 11 years old. I witnessed a lot of abuse. I witnessed my father molesting my sisters, and I was a quiet kid. I didn't speak till I was 11. 
And now I'm speaking up. I'm telling my story. I always hid my story because I was in the world's largest fast food franchise. I joined Toastmasters three years ago. They taught me I had a gift. My wife was right behind me. Uh, we grew up together, married her 29 years ago. I never asked her to marry me because I was so shy. I gave her the ring to her only sister and asked her to go marry me. And uh, I ran out and went to my friend's house, and uh, she called and said, yes, you can tell me I will marry you. And now I, now I ask her to marry me every day of the week, anywhere in the world. Wow. That's really fantastic. I, I love that story. I would love to hear you share how exactly it, it, it became that you end up graduating from high school because there's a story behind this. Well, the first day of class, I talk about this in my book and, and when I speak to people. My future wife and I are sitting in class and everyone's looking at me and they're, they're just smiling saying, you're going to um, – but yeah, my, my future wife and I are sitting in class my first day of school, and my friends are looking at me. They're laughing, they're laughing smiling. My girlfriend, Jan, smiling. And I tell people, when, when life is running smooth, life will punch you in the face. Because just then, a friend of mine, Bobby McAllister, walks into class. He says, Greg, the principal wants to see you. I go down and knock on the door. My principal is this big six-foot-four, about 300-pound southern man. And he looked at me and said, Mr. Walker. I have some papers here that I want you to sign. You're going to sign pretty soon. I said, what are those papers for? And he said, well, I know about your family. I know you're 12 siblings before you gave us trouble. Uh, the principal said they gave trouble and they all dropped out. So you're number 13. Has anyone ever told you that is not a good number? It's an unlucky number. And I said, no. And he said, well, it is. It's pretty much impossible for you to get out of here. So he said, they'll be we're waiting for you. We're back. And I left that class. I mean, the, the office. And uh, he was right. I didn't need to sign those papers. School wasn't for me. I, I was ready to drop out. I was crying. People asking what's going on. I'm a big kid. I play football. I'm throwing people down on the ground. And as I'm leaving the school front door, someone grabs my arm. I turn around. I just want to knock their teeth out. But it was someone who I loved very much, my teacher, a little small black woman named Miss Renee Rivers, who my 28-year-old daughter has her middle name. And she looked at me. She says, Greg, put that hand down. You're not hitting anybody. What's wrong with you? Why are you crying? Well, I told her what happened. She led me down to the office. She pulled my arm. She was probably maybe four foot five, but she was strong in her belief in children, especially in me. And uh, I tell people, I once heard a woman say, the world is not the way it is because too many people are violent. The world is the way it is because too many people are silent. And my teacher was not going to be silent that day because she loved every kid, especially me. When she went in that office, that principal's office, I tell people I never realized a small Christian woman could curse and scream as loud as she did. And it was like a, like an old drunken sailor she was cursing. But she did that for me, and I went from crying to smiling. And when she came out of that office, she looked at me with the eyes of Gerda, who said, look at a man as he is. He only becomes worse. But look at that man as what he could be. Then he becomes who he should be. My teacher, Ms. Rivers, never looked at me as my family. She looked at me as something greater. And that day she told me, she says, young man, you are not your father and mother. You're not your brother and sister. You are Greg Walker. And if I have to hold your hand and get you through high school, that's what I would do. And she did. She held my hand. And the month before graduation, she brought me into a room with three other female teachers. And she says, Gregory, shut the door. I said, what's going on? She said, you're not going to graduate, son. And I looked at her, put my head down. She put her hand underneath my chin. She says, young man, look at me. She says, we know why you're staring out the windows. You are not stupid. You're not dumb. She says, you need a two-point grade, two grade point average to get out of the school and go to the University of Florida. She says, you have a 
I said, I don't get what you're saying, Mrs. Rivers. She said, we're going to risk our job. We're going to change your grades because we believe that you have something inside of you, Gregory. It's not just some boy staring out the window for nothing. We know your pain. We see your pain. We read about your pain. We hear about your pain. And they changed it. And uh, I walked across that stage. I shook the man's hand. Three years early, told me he should drop out. He told me something I never will forget. He said, Mr. Walker, I was wrong about you. And I'm glad I was wrong about you. He said, go show the world. And I tell people, when I looked into the auditorium, people gave me a standing ovation. And uh, I asked, I told people, you know who was in that audience? Not one of my family members. Not one of them. My teacher, Mrs. Rivers, her family, and my friend Janet, who is now my wife for 29 years, her family. And that was it. Mm. That was it. And I stood there, and uh, I became the first person ever to get my high school diploma. Wow. That is incredible. You had a really rough upbringing, too. There, I, I've, I've heard that you, you had to sell worms to make food money. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Because uh, my father was an alcoholic. You know, and uh, my mom was always, I was just bringing my mom, always bringing different men home. My dad wouldn't shoot them and pull guns. And so we picked, I picked worms because I needed food. And I'd go out there and pick worms all night long. Sometimes my brothers would be getting high and laughing and everything. Well, that's where I got my first entrepreneurial spirit because I found out that if you can make $2 a can of worms and my brothers were just getting high, just wanting to get two or four, I would pick as fast as I can because I never want to do that. So I would hide money when I had to give it to someone. You know, I'd turn in my eight or ten bucks, whatever I had to give give my father, but I would keep more. So I'd, I'd pick like fifty dollars worth and hand in my eight, whatever dollar amount it was. And that's where I fell in love with being my own boss. I never wanted to work for anybody. Wow, that that is an incredible story. So uh, definitely, you had a circumstance that you needed to get out of and you found a way and, and a lot of people give up and so I commend you for for not giving up and finding a way that's just absolutely incredible thank you you know and why I couldn't you know I tell people people ask me how did I succeed I said because one of my brothers uh who's in prison he told me you know he said never fight someone never get in a fight argument with someone who has nothing to lose well that's why I succeeded I had nothing to lose I can all I could always just went back to my my my, my life. That's why I tell people when they're afraid to take a chance. I said, listen, you can always go back to your boring life. You can go back to that warehouse job, that cubicle, whatever you hated. You can always go back, but you, you'll never know what you can be if you never give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. And and you've faced a lot of adversity uh, in your life, obviously, and this is just an example of it. What, what do you tell people who are experiencing very difficult times? What advice do you typically give? Those are just circumstances. Listen, when you see a, a guy, I can't pronounce the name, his name is Vic. Uh, he was born, no legs, no arms. He's going around the world. He skied, water skis, snow skis. His parents never treated him like he couldn't do something. He had to get himself up. And I, I know a young man here in Ohio who played football. He lost both of his arms. Both of his arms ripped off in the machinery. Mm-hmm. And his, his dad, his coach, did something that just blew my mind. Uh, he got artificial arms and he dropped his water bottle. And he looked at his dad, his coach, and said, well, you picked that up. And he said, no, if you want it bad enough, you'll pick it up. Now, people thought that was mean at first, but that was the best advice he could ever gave that kid. So I tell people, you're going through a divorce, you're going through a bankruptcy, uh, someone in your family has cancer, you might have cancer. Those are just circumstances, and those can be changed at any time. We all go through, we all go through adversity. Listen, adversity is my best friend. Mm-hmm. Adversity teaches us something. When I, my, when I lost $550,000 in one day, and then in 2008, people say, oh, my gosh, did that devastate you? Yes, it did, because my family never had that combined in their lifetime. But you right. know what? 
I look at it as I don't have a college degree. I dropped out my second year. So my wife and I had a baby. I just look at it as I have a college degree with that 550000 because I learned a lot. And there's, a, there's one little thing that I learned that my wife and I swore we would never, ever, ever let anybody make to lose money because it was so simple. And I tell people, never fall in love with something that cannot love you back. All right. And we are coming up against our break. We will come back right after this. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Greg Walker. He is the author of the book Dream to Grow Rich. And I would love to ask you, uh, Greg, how you connect with high-profile people. What are the keys to attracting them and working with them? Well, the first way to attract someone is uh, to grow up poor and be the only white kid in your neighborhood. <laughs> That's how I met uh, Dave Thomas, you know, my, my teacher, Mrs. Rivers. I was in junior achievement in the eighth grade. And she would bring people in, and here was this white guy come in, and I thought he was like 80 years old. He was, he was only like 40 years old at the time. And um, he was talking to us, and, you know, I'm a big kid. I'm six foot one now, and uh, I was that size in seventh grade. So I had a chip on my shoulder growing up in my family. So this guy is talking to us in class, telling us what we can be and do anything if we put our mind right and then and then work for that, execute on it. And I was I kind of – was looking the other way, and he came and said, young man, is there something I'm not saying right to you? And I said, no, we're just tired of you white guys coming in here all the time telling us how we can be great. And my childhood friend, Charlie Kane, who uh, he looked at me. We just celebrated our 51st birthday together, and he told a story of my niece. He said, I looked over your uncle. He says, hey, Greg, you do know you're the only white dude in this class, right? 
And I said, I said yeah, I noticed that. Uh, uh, but, you know, when you're the only white kid and you hear all these white guys come in, you know, you forget you're white sometimes. And he uh, said, young man, where do you think I went to college at? And I said, I don't know. You went to UCLA or New York somewhere? And he said, what if I told you I dropped out of the ninth grade and I was an orphan? I said, well, if you're a loser like my family, and my teacher, Miss Rivers, said, Gregory, you will respect this man. I said, Mrs. Rivers, he told me he dropped out of ninth grade like my family. Well, why is he here if he dropped out of ninth grade? She said, you will listen to this man. Hmm. And he looked at me and says, uh, Gregory, have you ever um, uh, seen a, a guy who sells chicken all around the country? I said, no, I haven't. He said, well, I worked for this guy who drove a white Cadillac, wore a white suit with white beard in Indiana. And I worked as a dishwasher manager, district manager. And he looked at me and he says, I had 11 underperforming stores, which we didn't know what underperforming store was then. And he said, if you can go to Columbus, Ohio and turn these 11 stores around, I'll give you one. He said, it was a chance of lifetime. I came to Columbus, Ohio, turned around so well that he gave me all 11. I used that money as seed money with a guy named Governor Rhodes here. And I always wanted to have a better hamburger and I don't like milkshakes. So I wanted my own, a thicker one. And he says, I had a daughter named Melinda who could not say Melinda, so she would say Winda. And I didn't want to name a hamburger chain named Winda, so I named it Wendy's after my daughter. And I said, I don't get what you're pointing. I said, I don't know who to do in the white suit. He said, yes, you do, Greg. You have a lot of Kentucky fried chickens around in Columbus, Ohio. And he said, that man's name is Harlan Sanders. And I said, I don't know what you're getting. He said, Greg, right around the corner, I started my first restaurant on Broad Street here in Columbus in 1968 called Wendy's after my daughter, Melinda. He says, my name is Dave Thomas. I didn't know what a big deal it was. And I tell people, Brian, opportunities come to everyone, but only a few will grab them. Well, there's probably 20, 25 kids in my class. And what Dave said, he said, I'm going to send someone here once a month on a Saturday. It probably won't be me, but it will someone teach you guys about how to become successful. Maybe how even don't put a restaurant. So every Saturday, I didn't go there to listen to Bob Dave Thomas. I really didn't. I tell people that now, but I, I didn't. I went there because we got free food. They brought free Wendy's in. And that's why I went. And I didn't realize how big a deal that was. So out of 20, 25 people, there's only three people. Me, a kid named Keith, and uh, a, a girl named Tanya. Tanya had two kids in high school. Three of us, right? Three out of 20, 25. I became a restaurateur. Keith is a big attorney in Atlanta. And um, Latanya owns three dental practices. So see, opportunities came to all of us, right? But only three of them. Only three of those 20, 25 people took the opportunity. And we, we took it. And that's how... Uh, that's what got me in, into the restaurant business, and I went to the University of Florida in 1984, saw this thing called Subway. I uh, started eating there, didn't know what a franchise was, a franchisee, franchisor, and I just started speaking with the owner, and uh, that's how I got into it. I came back to Columbus, uh, worked for a guy who had a bunch of stores. He, uh, After eight months, he sat me down. He says, Greg, we have to have a talk. I said, what's going on? He said, I know you want to be a manager, district manager for me. He says, um, but we can't have that. We have to part ways. Now, I looked at this man. I'm 51 years old. I've never touched alcohol or drugs ever because of my family life. I was ready to hit this guy. I was. Because yeah. I thought he was going to say I was stealing from him or whatever. And he looked at me and said, stop it, Gregory. He said, I can't have you become a district manager because I need you to take the next step. I need you to become an owner. And I said, what owner do you want me to work for, Clarence? He said, I need you to become an owner. I said, that's pretty good. I have one problem. He said, what's that? I said, I have zero dollars. Yeah. I said, we just, we just had a baby. And he says, well, if you can get in here and work like you have for me and my wife the past eight months, you work seven days a week, you ask for no overtime. He said, you are the owner. I just pay the bills of this place. If you can do that for you and your wife and your newborn baby, he said, you will surpass me. I said, Clarence, you, you have like 30 some stories. 
I said, I'll never pass you. He's a, you won't think like that. But if you believe in you like me and my wife believe in you, you will surpass me. And he said, he's going to finance me. I said, I don't have any money. I said, all I have is uh, $1,700. He said, give me 500 and I'll finance you the rest. He said, because I can always take the store back if you, if you don't do well. And I taught, and it's funny because I talked to one of my brother's friends who was a drug dealer because I went to them for advice. And, and this guy said, wait a minute, Greg, this old dude's going to give you a business that you only got to put $500 up. I said, yeah. He said, come on now. He said, that's too good to be true. I said, that's what I thought. And he said, this dude's, if this cat's really giving you a business for $500, no, you got to do work. He said, you better buy five of them. So that right there, I knew that it was a great opportunity. And what I did was I knew, I told people, when you get that opportunity, you better grab it. You better work it as hard as you can because you might not ever get that opportunity. And I slept in my first business for seven days a week, only leaving an hour to go home and take a shower and see my newborn baby. Seven days a week, four weeks out of the month, 12 months out of the year for four years. I miss birthday parties. I miss ball games. People used to laugh at my friends. They used to laugh at me. Now they called me for advice. And I paid my first store off in two years instead of seven to 10. And then I leveraged that to build more and more and more and more and more. And that's how I got into business. Yeah, and that's the smart thing too is when you make money in your business, you reinvest it back into your business and it grows a lot oh, faster. Yeah. A lot of that, people will right. just take that money out and buy things they want and that's right. the world how much money they have. And, and that's, called the, uh, that's called the bling-bling effect. You know, right. People get money and they want to go out and buy a bigger TV. And listen, I have all of that. I have, I, have, I have everything that people want, but I didn't have it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I tell people now, I said, you should not spend a dime till you have at least six, to, six months to a year of your – of your business bills in the banking cash, then you can start buying because there's going to be something that breaks down. There's going to be some new tax come along, some new something, some lien or something you got to get paid for, a fee or something. So I tell people, but most people don't do that. And I, uh, I'm looking at a business right now. I'm about ready to snatch up from these two partners that they had that thought, and I'll buy it for 15 cents on the dollar. Yeah. Absolutely. When you build a business like that, you have to build a team and you have to learn how to trust other people. Was that difficult to do? No, because I didn't speak as a child. I always learn how to delegate. I always delegate. You know, business, we teach managers that they have to delegate. To me, it came natural. So for me to build a team, like right now, I haven't been in my business since I was 39, 12 years ago. That's why I tell people my wife and I retired because we don't work. My speaking is my work now. I rarely go into one of my subways. If I go into one of my subway restaurants, I go in there just to inspire someone. So you, building a team is hard, but it's the best thing that you can possibly do because two things two things you want to do in your life. The hardest thing to do is walk away from your business. The best thing to do is walk away from your business because either you work for the business or the business works for you. Yeah, and definitely one is better than the other. I can certainly understand that. And so, of yes. course, persistence is very, very important, too, because you didn't get to where you are without being really persistent and overcoming a lot of things. I, I tell people this is what you need. <clears throat> Excuse me. You need six things. You need a dream, a daily grind, a daily hustle. And then you need CPP. C stands for choices. The choices I made is what got me away from my family. The choices my siblings made is what got them where they're at today. P is for people. The people I chose to choose to hang around with, people who are greater than me, smarter than me, prettier than me, taller than me, that's what got me. And then the last one is persistence. Listen, the snail got to the ark, right, because of persistence. It might have took forever for that snail to get to the ark, but it got there through persistence. That's all you need. 
because it, persistence will trump any college degree, any GPA, any talent. What mistakes Brian, do you think people make most in their businesses? I'm, I'm sorry, Brian. My, my headphone cut off there. I'm sorry. What was that question? Oh, yeah. What mistakes do you think people uh, make in their business most often? The biggest undercapitalization. People don't plan on all the money that they're going to need, the fees. They don't. They think it's about just buying a business. That's it. Undercapitalization is what kills most businesses. And sales will cure everything. Yes, absolutely. So people, people going into business thinking if a business costs $100,000, they think that's all it is. Then they see they have to turn on all the utilities. Then they have to go get some type of permit. Then they have to get this, this, and this. And they find out they don't have enough money. That's so it's undercapitalization is the biggest thing people go out of business. Second is people don't want to learn. Americans get into their business. I've seen plenty of them. They get into business. They have this idea that they are the owner and no one else can give them advice. And something Dave Thomas taught me was it doesn't matter if the advice comes from your eight-year-old neighbor or your 80-year-old neighbor as long as it works. Yeah, exactly. We've got a couple of minutes for our next break. Why, why do you think that some people succeed and others don't? Uh, I don't think anybody – I don't think there's – I think there's two people, those who win and those who have not found out how to win yet. And those who have not found out how to win yet is just because they're not willing to learn. They're not, they think asking for help is a weakness. Asking for help is a strength. You know, you all hear you hear all the time that men don't like to ask for directions. Right. I'm not. I'm not that man. I'll ask for directions in a, in a habit, and I think that's why I've made it because I'm not afraid to ask someone for their advice. I ask my 16 year old kids to work for me all the time. Do you have any advice how we can make this better? And until Americans get out of that, they're going to continue to fail. If you look at the top leaders of the world, they listen to the other other countries in the world. They listen to young people, old people. They're great listeners. No, in speaking. We're taught to be a better speaker, you have to be a better listener. Yeah. True in business. Same thing in business. Absolutely. Our guest is Greg Walker. He is the author of the book Dream to Go Rich. And in the next segment, I'm going to ask him how he met Les Brown and how he's being mentored by him because that's a great story. And we will discuss a lot more about Greg's journey when we come back after the break. I want to ask him how he got into his speaking career. I want to ask him what are his non-negotiables, the thing that he refuses to tolerate the most. And we will talk about a lot of other things. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. And I'll tell you what, this is fantastic. Uh, Greg has, has had such an amazing journey, and we've, we've learned how he came from rock bottom and overcame. And so we'll discuss more about that when we come back. To motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brienkwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brienkwright.com. 
Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Greg Walker. He is author of the book Dream to Go Rich. And Les Brown wrote the foreword to your book. How did you meet him, and how did that story unfold? Well, I live and grew up and live in Columbus, Ohio. And when you hear Les Brown talk about him being a DJ, and we talks about drink, rock, drink, that was here in Columbus, Ohio. So Les, seven of his ten kids still live here, and his grandkids live here. And most people want to know about Les. Very few people, if you, if, if you tell me you know Les Brown better than Les Brown and you don't know who Mike Williams is, you don't know who Les Brown is. Because Mike Williams was the program director at WBKO here, our only black radio station. And he's the man who told Les to become a speaker. Les, till this day, cries when he talks about Mike Williams. And so Mike Williams lives here, too. And um, so I knew Les through his kids. And uh, Les and Mike Williams, someone who told me to join Toastmasters, because they said, you're quiet, Greg, except for when you're around people you know. Then you have a gift. Um, so that's how I met Les. I joined Toastmasters. 20, I've only been speaking 28 months. Yet I'm speaking from Israel to Zambia. I've spoken in Zambia, Africa, uh, Detroit plenty of times, Las Vegas, everywhere. And people pay me up to $20,000. And it still blows my mind that people want to pay me a dollar. And I asked Les, I said, Les, I don't understand why people want to pay me. He says, young man, you don't have to understand as long as those checks cash. So Les and I, uh, Les, Les will resonate with you when he connects with you. And him and I have the same similar story. You know, he was called the dumb twin, the DT, fell third grade two or three times, fell back in the eighth grade. You know, told he was nothing. His teacher, Mr. Washington, I had a teacher, Mrs. Rivers who saved us both. So when Les connects with you, he really connects with you. And uh, my book, I was speaking in Cleveland. He was speaking in Cleveland. He he uh, showed, heard me talking about my book, Dream to Grow Rich, How to Dream, Grind, and Hustle Your Way to Success. And he grabbed my arm. And he says, young man, why am I not writing the forward to that book? And I said, I would never ask you to write that forward. He, said, he says, Greg, you are part of my legacy and my life. He said, why am I not writing that forward? I said, are you serious? He said, yes, I'm serious. Send that book. Send me that book. And I sent it to him. And now my book, it's the number one uh, international bestseller. And it's got Les Brown's name at the top, who wrote the forward, which blows my mind still. That's better than any money, any any exotic car I've ever had is to have it. Because that book is, is history now. It's there for my great-great-grandchildren to read with his name on it. That is awesome. That is a really, really fantastic story. And you have a great relationship with him. He mentors you. Is that right? Yeah, we talk about uh, once a week. He actually yelled at me last week in front of my niece or two weeks ago because I took a gig in uh, overseas and he heard what I took about it, what I took, the price I took, and he slammed his fist down. And he says, you have my number, young man. He says, you, you call me 24-7. 
He said, you call me to, he said, you call me to wish me happy birthday, but you, you won't call me when, when you need my advice. He says, do you know how much they're paying people to go there? I said, no, sir. He said, you just cut yourself short by almost $20,000. He said, don't you ever leave this country for this price. And he said, you get your, uh, you and your wife or whoever you're taking, you get first class seats, you pick your motel and you get your money 30 days in advance. And my niece looked at me and said, uncle, well, let's just yell at you. I said, yes. And it's great because he yelled at me with love. Yes. Wow, he yelled at that's... me with love, just like I would my daughter or my nieces. He wasn't, I love that. I love that. And yeah. uh, he, he's someone who will yell at me. But he's also someone, you know, when I saw him speak, I'm standing, I'm sitting on the, the side of the uh, audience. And he goes around and shaking people's hand. He looked at me and he says, young man, get up and hug this old man. So he shook people's hand. People looked at me like, wow, who is he? He gave me a big old hug. And um, I brought him here to Columbus December 13th. Because my Toastmasters class held its 55th anniversary. And some people knew that I knew him. And they asked if he would come because Les got the Golden Gavel Award by Toastmasters in 1994. They give to the best speaker in the world. And I asked him if he was busy. And he said, you know, he might be here um, um, getting his cancer treatment because he's been living with cancer for 21 years, prostate cancer. And he called me and says, I'll be there. And he was speaking there. And he said, you know what? He said, I've only spoken in Columbus three times since I left. And he said, I'm here because of my friend, Greg. That's the only reason I'm here. And uh, that just blew me away when you have when you have people in your circle like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. So did you get into speaking because of him, too, or were there other reasons for that? Well, no, he just asked me to join Toastmasters. And my doc, my dentist uh, told me to, because they all saw that I could speak, just not people I did not know. You know, I would walk into a room and I would just, I wouldn't speak. I'd hold my head down. I was successful as a businessman, but that's because I had to be. I didn't have to speak. And when he told me that, I went there, and um, within six months, I uh, uh, went to the districts and Toastmasters and to the World Championship of Public Speaking, and I thought I did bad. I thought I lost. I let people down. And one guy, Charlie Ironson, looked at me and says, young man, you have no damn business even being here. And I said, see, I told you, Charlie, I'm bad. He said, no, Greg. People that are beating you have been trying for 20 years. You've only been a Toastmaster six months. He says, young man, you have a gift. He says, you're a diamond, but hasn't been cut yet. And uh, that's what Les said. You know, and Les tells me all the time, he says, young man, he says, when I get through with you, he said, you won't even know who you are. And every time we talk, he gives me some type of advice, and I take it and use that. You know, I'm going yeah. for the, uh, it's the only second time I'm joining the uh, International Speech Contest in Toastmasters, and I only have two more speeches to go. And I'll be in Vancouver speaking for the World Championship of Public Speaking. And now I'm even better because I was only at six months. Now with all the stuff that Les has taught me, I now put three big quotes in my speech. And I just gave it two times and two contests. And uh, people said, Greg, that, that's the best speech we've ever heard you give. Nice. That's really great. And you only get to the top when you're willing to accept constructive feedback. Correct? That's right. I, lo I love people. Constructive feedback from people who know what they're talking about. Yes, that's a huge you know, deal. Les always said, and I said the same thing, don't ever take advice from someone who has not done what you have done. You know, I'm not taking swimming, I'm not taking swimming lessons from someone who just read about swimming, right? Right. I want to take, I want to take lessons from the guy or girl who's given 10 speeches and they've lost every time because they can give me some valuable advice. Yeah, I love that. So you've been surrounded by people all your life who have doubted you. Uh, what... What do you do in, in response to that now? I mean, you're just used to it, or does it hurt every time still? What's your no. response to that? 
No, and you know, let, let, I love people to doubt me. You know, Dave Thomas always told me that he had this little guy on his shoulder called fear. And that's what kept him motivated was fear that he wouldn't go back. And that, that's what motivates me. I never want to go back to, you know, I, Brian, I can't even, when my niece and nephew and I go buy them candy, I mean, it's, people think it's funny, but I still cannot buy gummy worms. I believe I it. Can't, I can't. I cannot do that. It's such a stupid thing, but I cannot do that. I can't. When I, my wife goes fishing, my wife loves fishing. If I see someone there, I'll give someone money to buy worms. I will. If there's a family, I'll say, Let, here's some money. Go, go buy those worms. Because I don't want them ever to have to think they have to go pick worms to get those. And that was my why, because my daughter, I never wanted my daughter. My daughter, my daughter went to a school from kindergarten to 12th grade. It cost more than the Ohio State University. She was my why. I never wanted my daughter to have to pick worms a day in her life. Now, I always tell people, people say, is your daughter born with a silver spoon in her crib? I said, no, she was born with a black card in her crib. Hmm. My wow. daughter was my, my daughter was my why. And I don't, I don't listen to people. You know, I always looked at it this way. If you're not paying my bills, buying my baby's diapers, sending me on vacation, why do I care what you think? Yeah. Why do I care? I, let, let people exactly. doubt you. And Dave Thomas always told me, everyone's going to doubt you. And then when you win, let success be your biggest payback to them. You don't have to say anything. Just become successful. But everyone's going to always – there's people still doubting me now. You know, I, I don't speak in a suit. You know, people always say you have to speak in a suit. I speak in my ball cap, my dream grind hustle shirt, and my shorts. And I was speaking in Detroit one time, and a guy looked at me in a suit, and he says, are you here? Um, are you working? I said, nope. He says, um, are you here for the conference? I said, kind of. He said, what are you here for? I said, I'm the keynote speaker. He said, you're Greg Walker, Big Dreamer? I said, yes, hence the hat, TBD. And he says, are you going to change? I said, no, this is what I wear. He said, how are you ever going to get paid? Well, I didn't know this at a time where I pulled my check out, and that's where I got my $15,000. Showed him my check. I've never heard a man, grown man, curse as much as he did because he was there for he was there for free. Oh. But I tell people, it's not about the dress. You know, we have to get – and the national, that's why I won't join the National Speakers Association because all these people, what I call boring old white people with tight suits on. Yeah, they're boring. I'm not afraid to say that. Like I just got thrashed on Facebook because I, I gave something about following your dreams. And a lady on the National Speaker Association, she said, you know, uh, be careful with your grammar because it's bad. And you don't want to you don't want to look like a fool as a speak as someone who calls them a speaker. And I said, you know what? I did not become a millionaire. I did not retire at 39, 12 years ago. I'm not speaking around the world by my grammar. And I said, do you know that Dave, uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, his number one book for like 20 years, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a lady came up and said, you know, you have a lot of grammar and misspellings in your book. He pointed to the book and he says, ma'am, it says best-selling author, not best grammar author. Yep. And see, people always want to attack you. They do. They yeah. do. And I tell people 2017 every day, every day of my life is be yourself. I could care less when people see me with my my red and black outfit on. I could care less because they don't pay my bills. Right. And let my speaking, you know, I let, I tell them, go to my website, go to my website, go to YouTube, see uh, Forbes magazine, talk about me, see college professors talk about me, see, see other billionaire businessmen talk about me. They're not talking about my dress because successful people want results. They don't care what you wear. They want results. And that's me. I'm just me, but there's always gonna be people hating you for some reason. And you just got to get over that. You just yeah. gotta get over. You don't need anybody to validate. If you're a grown man, a grown woman, you need someone to validate you. You have bigger problems. 
Yeah, absolutely. I certainly agree with that. So let me ask you, Greg, what are your non-negotiables in life? What are the things that you refuse to put up with or tolerate? Ignorance. Ignorance. Uh, racism. Anybody that tells jokes about their wife. Uh, when my wife and I first got married, and I was working a factory job, and people, you know, men would talk about their wives, whatever. I would stand up and I said, listen, you're not talking about my wife. I would tell them, I will drop you to the ground if you say something about my wife. And, you know, and a lot of men are like that, especially the older men, like my father-in-law in their 70s. Oh, my wife, blah, blah, blah. I said, don't talk about my wife. You don't know my wife? Don't talk about her. That's a non-negotiable with me, my family life. And I hear people talk about you, you can't sleep as for suckers. You got to do this. You, you can't take days off. Listen, I just saw my 10th movie today, Brian, my 10th movie. I have a movie theater in my house. I have a drive-in movie theater in my backyard. I love movies. My family is my life because self-fulfillment is everything. Without self-fulfillment, you put a rope around your neck like Robin Williams. You put needles in your arm like Jimi Hendrix or Chris Farley. Self-fulfillment. So I have a non-negotiable with me is my family is everything to me. Everything. Yeah. That is fantastic. My very special guest this week is Greg Walker. He is the author of the book, Dream to Grow Rich. And we'll talk in more detail about his book in the next segment. And we'll talk about how important gratitude is and maybe who some of his influential mentors are outside of Dave Thomas and Les Brown. Because when you're successful, you usually have a lot of mentors. And I'm interested in hearing more about that. And uh, we'll ask the question that I ask at the end. Who inspires and motivates you? I'm interested in hearing how that Answer goes to, we'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we are coming down the home stretch right after the break. Please stay with us and don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. With quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. It's merging Times reports that in almost every way we tend to choose mates that look, sound, and act like we do. Except in the area of money, where we seem to choose a person who is our polar opposite. In other words, spendthrifts and tightwads tend to marry each other. Unfortunately, having different spending habits can be a major cause of marital conflict. I admit to being a bit of an oniomaniac that's a compulsive shopper. While my husband is a cluster fist, he always holds my hand when we go shopping. Otherwise, I'll have a massity. That's the itch to buy. I once took him with me to shop for a party dress. He looked at the tag, and his face suddenly turned white, and his palms became sweaty. 
I guess that's why women's stores always have those comfy chairs outside the dressing rooms. It's for your husband to sit down in when he sees the price tag. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Greg Walker. He is the author of the book Dream to Grow Rich. First thing I want to ask you coming out of this break as we come down the home stretch is how do you find that thing in life that you are the most passionate about? Well, I tell people this. You know, there's a theory that people say do something that keeps you up at night. And I said that's millions of Americans because they have bills. They have debt. You don't want something to keep you up at night. You want something – that you'll go to sleep at night and it'll make you leap out of bed in the morning. Mm. That's when you find out what you're passionate about. And, and I don't believe in following your passion. I think that's stupid because I love bowling. I've won to bowl 33 games in a row with my wife. My wife was a professional bowler. She was actually bowling for the Budweiser League when she was 18 years old. Wow. I suck at bowling, but it's something I love. I'm very passionate. If I followed bowling, something I'm passionate about, I would be broke. I'd be on the streets. I tell people, follow what you're good at, because if you're good at something, you're going to like it. So passion, I mean, that, that's, just a, that's just a buzzword, like entrepreneur, people throw that, follow your passion, do what you're passionate about. That's just a buzzword of today. And then what I do is I tell people, find something what you're good at and something that you'll wake up and you can't wait to do. I can't wait to go speak to people. I don't care if it's a kindergarten class, I'll speak to a rock. Mm. I love speaking now. That's who I was born to do. I used to think I was born to own, own restaurants. I was born to communicate to people, to inspire them, to get them to get out of that nine-to-five job, to get them out of that relationship they know they should not be in. That's what I'm good at. So that's what I follow. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us about your book, Dream to Grow Rich. How did that come about? How did you decide to write a book? Well, I didn't want to write a book. Um, the first book I ever read, my teacher, Mr. Rivers, made me read because reading was not talked about in my home at all. And she told me to read Napoleon Hill's book. You know, people talk about Napoleon Hill book now, but they didn't talk about books like that back in the 80s. So she had me read Think and Grow Rich, which was a mindset book. It has nothing to do with money. Uh, don't, and the only problem I have with Think and Grow Rich, it never talks about work. It doesn't talk about work. So people always talk about, I'm going to manifest this job, this business. Listen, you can manifest all you want, but if you don't get your butt up there and take action, execute, it's not happening. It's a bunch of crap. So my, I wanted to write a book like that once uh, – uh, a lady called me and wanted to write my book. I didn't want to write a book. She heard my book, my story through my family, through Toastmasters, and she wanted to write my book. I didn't know what a ghostwriter was. She said, Greg, if you can give me three hours a week for the next year and a half, you know, I'll help you write your book. So she helped me write my book, and I said, uh, Donna, I said, listen, if you're going to help me write this book, I want to make sure there's actionable steps that people can take. Because so many people write books to just say, hey, look at me. Uh, you know, I played professional football, blah, 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 blah. So I wanted steps that people could take, you know, like uh, who should you be around, who you should get away from, who can be a mentor to you, just things like that. So I wanted her to help me with a book to help people. I could care less if people think that I'm successful. I just wanted to help that one man or woman out there who hates their job in a cubicle, who needs to get out of that relationship with that abusive partner. If I could touch one man and one woman, I was happy with that. I have everything I want in life. 
Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why I wrote it. That's great. That's why and I wrote so, it to, to help people. And so when you speak, you talk about the things that you wrote about in your book. Yes. My, my book is my life. What is your favorite lesson from that book? Oh, that you can do anything. Love it. It's what I tell people you can do. If, if I can do with all my circumstances, my obstacles, why can't you? Now I'm writing. I never even thought about writing a book on franchising. Now I'm writing a book on franchise. Now I see my eyes have opened. Of all these things, I someone said, hey, Greg, why don't you write a book on franchising? I said, why would you do that? He said, dude, he opened like 200-some restaurants. Why wouldn't you? And I thought, okay. And he said, then uh, a friend of mine, um, uh, I can't think of his name. I just spent time with him. David Jensen wrote a book on called uh, The Naked Interview About Hiring. And he says, Greg, you've had over 5,000 employees. Why aren't you writing a book on, on hiring? I never thought about that. So now my two nieces, my 16-year-old niece, my 11-year-old niece, my 29-year-old daughter, we're all going to write more books because that's legacy. Yeah, that's legacy. Not talking about money because I tell people make an impact and then income will come. Yeah. Impact before income. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I've been writing books. I mean, I've my third one's coming out soon, and I've been ghostwriting books for people here recently, and I love that. I love the idea of helping people create a legacy and helping people get their message out in a much greater way. So that's really fantastic. Where can we get this book, Dream to Grow Rich? Well, it's uh, the Kindle's on Amazon right now, and my paperback and my hardcover will be out in two to three weeks. And I'm working on my audiobook now. I've just recorded three hours of my audiobook, so there'll be a hardback, a paper hardcover with a dust jacket, and an audiobook coming in three weeks. They can go to greginspires.com and sign up for that. Uh, so go to greginspires.com, or they can go to Amazon and buy the Kindle version. And that, like I said, the other three versions will be coming out in two to three weeks. I love that. That's awesome. So how important is gratitude to your overall success? Gratitude is everything. I tell people, if you want to be great, you better be grateful. You know, I, I do 10 things before 10 o'clock in the morning every day. And one of the first things I do before I get up, because of my life, because, because I, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm not someone who says there's a higher power. That's just not me. I follow a man named Jesus Christ who is a carpenter. Yes. I'm not a perfect person by no means necessary. But I follow his teachings. I hold the doors for people. I help the homeless. I feed the homeless. So I try my best every day, but I'm nowhere. I'm not. I'm like the worst person in the world. I don't drink or do drugs, but I'm just not perfect. Nowhere near. So before I even get up out of bed, before I won't even let my feet touch the floor until I thank God to open my eyes. I look at my wife and say, thank you for letting this woman be in my life all of my life. And then I say, thank you for blessing my feet for touching the ground. See, it's the small things. When I go in my shower, I give gratitude for just the clean running water. Yeah. Not, not, not the 12-person shower that I shower in, but the clean running water. I just sit there in my chair, and I say, thank you for letting this clean water because we, we Americans, we take things for granted. We complain that we only have a $30,000 car instead of 100000 instead of just saying, you know what? I'm thankful I have something that runs. It gets me to A and B. So gratitude is very, very important. That's why you hear people that have millions of dollars, like my friend who made a million a month, and he put a gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. Wow. You got to be, you got to be grateful every single day for the thing because we can always lose it. Look at the people when 9/11 happened. You had a guy who come who grew up as a fourth generation farmer, but he thought farming was demeaning. After 9/11, he was the only person who survived in his office. Guess what he's doing now? He's a farmer. He's a farmer. Mm. See, why does it take two, two planes to fly into buildings, 
or someone to get cancer in your family, a loved one, before people wake up in America. That never had to happen with me. Right. Absolutely. Wow. So let's talk about your mentors. We've talked about Dave Thomas. We've talked about Les Brown. Who else do you consider to be really influential in your journey? Um, my wife. My wife has always been there to push me. She's always been there. Um, someone who got me in front of a, a camera is my buddy Steve Gamlin in uh, Massachusetts. You know, I never wanted to get in front of a camera. I was scared. You know, I was voted uh, most um, best motivator on Periscope last year. I spoke at the Periscope Summit. That's where I got the attention of Forbes magazine. But it was Steve Gamlin, and he told me to look at one of his YouTube videos. And here's a guy who had a big red nose, had a hoodie on, and just got done shoveling, I don't know, 80 feet of snow. And he was still, he looked like he had the flu, and he's still doing a YouTube video. And when I saw that, I thought, Steve is right. Someone's going to talk about my big nose. Someone's going to say, Greg, you know what? Your chest used to be bigger than your belly. And he said, Greg, just do it. You make people look at you. Why not do a YouTube video? Why not do other videos? And so Steve was a big influence on me. My, my, my teacher and someone who I met who gave me an hour and a half time was Deepak Chopra. I met him walking down the street at my motel I was staying at in 2009. And he spent an hour and a half with me. Wow. That's fantastic. Steve Gamlin's a friend of mine. So I totally relate. Yeah, he is. He's been Steve, on my show before. That's my brother, man. That's my that's my dude, bro, right there. Yeah, Steve yeah. is uh, Steve is someone who I admire right now. I mean, if Steve needed me to come to help him dig out of snow, I would drive from Columbus, Ohio to help him because he's that's a very, awesome. very, very authentic. People say they're authentic. No, Steve Gamlin's authentic. Absolutely. That's great. So, Greg, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? Uh, the scariest thing I've ever done is uh, – uh, I don't think there's anything scary because, like I said, I had nothing to lose. I mean, opening businesses. I've opened businesses where people laughed at me, said, do not buy that business that's failed for 20 years. And I took it and turned it into a gold mine. So I don't really do anything scared because I lived in scaredness. You know, there's people who say they adopted the darkness. I was yeah. born into the darkness. I was born yeah. in the darkness. So nothing really scares me because I've seen the scary part of life. Everything else is just, I don't know, it's, uh, it's Twizzlers. I love Twizzlers. So I look at the bright side. See, my wife and I, we don't say, what if something goes wrong? We always say, what if it goes good? Yeah, that's fantastic. So what do you think is your superpower? Uh, risk, belief. Yeah. My, my superpower is belief and risk. I'm not afraid to take a, a risk, and I believe that if I jump over that rock, I'm going to make it over that rock. I might not. I might fail. But I believe I can do it. When you believe in yourself, wow, it's, it's, it's powerful. It's just powerful. And you got to believe in people believe in you. Like I believe in Steve Gamble when he told me to get in front of that, that camera. You know, I believe in other people. There's a guy named uh, Michael Conley who lives in Massachusetts. You know, Mr. Stinky Kicks. He has a business called that. You know, he's given me a lot of wisdom. Um, so, man, my superpower is just belief. And other people believe and there's more good than evil in this yes. world because I, I truly do believe that. I might be naive, but that's where I believe. So belief and, and taking risk is my super, my uh, super human power. That's great. Less than two minutes to the end, Greg. Who inspires and motivates you? That's the question I ask everyone. Who inspires me? Yep. Uh, someone who someone who is dealing with circumstances right now and they're not giving up. Someone born without a leg. Someone born without sight and they're not giving up. That's who 
That's who pushes me. That's who drives me. The dude who's homeless, who's trying to go back to get the GED. That's who motivates me. That's awesome. The underdog. The underdog motivates me. That's fantastic. One more time. How can we get a hold of you, Greg? If someone's get a hold of me, uh, you go to greginspires.com. Go to, they can sign up for, uh, um, I'm having a dream to grow rich possibility planner that's coming up pretty soon. They'll get that for free. And if anybody just wants to uh, call me, I'll give them a free uh, 15 minute coaching session. They can call me directly at area code 614 I'll give them a 15 minute introductory call. I can take them where they want to go to take them where they want to be. Fantastic. So thank you so much, Greg Walker, for being on the show today. It was an honor and a privilege to have you, my friend. Oh, no, it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. Awesome. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview the most successful people in the world and learn about their journey, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn and extract from them. And until next week, you have a great one. See you then. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply.